Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you listen to the show, you know I'm a fan of Audible. I love my membership. It's so great to lose myself in an audiobook, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, current events, or history. Or like I talked about uh, earlier this summer, for me, an arcane topic, uh, the book The History of Bourbon. Uh, so if you are interested in expanding your horizons or diving deep into a subject you already know, there's no better way to do that than with an Audible membership. A vast selection of audiobooks, an unmatched selection, in fact, on so many different topics. Right now, I'm about to dive into my latest download, which is Dan Rather, Stories of a Lifetime. I also uh, just downloaded a history book on the Renaissance. Uh, it's a topic that anytime I hear anything about it, I'm fascinated by it and want to know more. And now, I am uh, one click away from a 21-hour book called The History of the Renaissance, and I really am excited when I'm in the mood to kind of take a break from wrestling and sports and some of the topics like current events and politics, the more I learn about human history and to learn about a time when human beings just completely moved into, shifted into a whole new gear as just people, as human beings, um, creatively and and technologically, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm super excited to, to dive into this book. So I hope you can get excited, too, with an Audible membership. And they make it easy because you can go and get a free audiobook right now. Just visit audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. That's audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500, and they'll send you a link to get your free audiobook. You might think, well, I don't have time to read books. Why would I have time for audiobooks? Well, that's the great thing about Audible, and this absolutely is the case with me. I turn audiobooks on when I'm in the kitchen doing dishes. I don't even need headphones or Bluetooth. I just play through my phone speakers. They're good enough these days. When I'm cleaning the kitchen or folding laundry or driving, uh, running errands, uh, I, I've got my phone with me. I've got the book downloaded and there's no commercials. You push play and you know that you're going to be entertained and informed with whatever book you choose from their thousands and thousands of titles. So again, go check it out. It's audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500 and get your free audiobook. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, 
where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, aloha, everyone. This is Kelly Wells, and I am your host of PWT Talks NXT. We are going to cover the episode for October 10th, 2020. And in 2020 fashion, uh, one of our guys is out, uh, not with the COVIDs, though. He's he's just not here this week, Nate Lindbergh, but we do expect him back next week. So uh, so I'm here this time, just rolling with two of us. Um Got a got a long night ahead of me even after this, so uh, so we're gonna try to keep it brief. But this was a another busy one, um, and it was an odd show. It was I got stuff to say. Uh, I will try to keep it brief. Uh, Tom Staup, who are you? I am at Tom Staup, and I I hope I can keep this promise. I think I will also be keeping it brief because while there was a lot going on, I'm not sure how much there is to really dig into yet. My my thoughts, as I have them in my mind, are terse. So you may be getting short ones from me tonight after I after I unload uh, on a certain email. Although I will admit that, although I warned you earlier, I'm not quite as grumpy as I expected to be coming off of uh, off of this first TV show with uh, TV show of NXT with fans invited into the PC. You know, I thought it was going to look and sound worse, but um, but I thought, you know. Tom might not completely tear this to pieces. Um, I expected worse as well, especially after we talked earlier today um, on that other podcast we do, NXT Eight Years Back, which you can hear on Saturday if you are VIP. So let me go ahead and uh, read you a couple of emails uh, that are from Jack and from JB, and then I'm going to throw to you because you are in the thick of it over there in Florida. This is from Jack Argyle. Hey, guys, just wanted to follow up on Tom speaking about irresponsible fans at TakeOver on the weekend. I really struggled to get into the show until halfway in. Also, Priest versus Gargano, I was getting distracted by the people in front of the hard cam, especially the guy in the Imperium top front row mask around his neck nearly the whole show up until the Candice versus EO match. It was really off-putting, and next to him, the woman who was on, uh, woman who was on her phone for the end of, I think, the Escobar Swerve match with her mask on her neck. You wait so long to go and see live wrestling, and you're on your phone. I love the uh, the look of the performance center, but this really annoyed the uh, annoyed me. Our incompetent prime minister has actually hinted that for Christmas Day he will drop the rules so everyone can see their families. COVID does not stop on Christmas Day in Wales. We are not allowed to go to other people's houses and have curfews for bars and restaurants. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening to my rant, Jack A from Swansea, Wales. This is from our very good friend JB. Listen to the TakeOver post show with Tom and Nate on Sunday, and I have to strongly disagree with Darrell and Vincent's takes on the live fans now being allowed at the Capitol Wrestling Center. Uh, let it be known, I generally agree with both of their opinions, but specifically on this top. 
topic. Uh, number one, Darrell mentioned we can't blame WWE for allowing this because Florida's own government was moving to be fully opened. Did they ever really close down, by the way? To this, I say we can certainly blame both because Florida's allowing it doesn't mean a company that has continuously stated the well-being of the talent and fans was first priority has to expedite the process. On top of that, I would argue that WWE is firmly a part of the process for state and local government to allow this so soon in the first place. They are actively involved in lobbying. Linda McMahon runs a super PAC for Trump, and they have other relationships in the Florida government. Number two, Vincent mentioned that if the fans who agreed to come to the PC live and in person are okay with the risk, then who are we to question their decisions? To that, I would say this mindset is part of the reason we are where we are as a country. It's not simply about the fans who are okay with taking the risk. The people who feel comfortable attending a nationally televised wrestling event and who feel comfortable being caught on camera and not properly wearing a mask or not wearing a mask at all are the people who are much more likely to abuse the privileges at other locations that at-risk people can't avoid, like gas stations, grocery stores, doctor's appointments, etc., and the cycle can continues. Three, Vincent also mentioned that he's able to compartmentalize this discretion. To that, I would say so am I. Unfortunately, over its entire existence, WWE has made us compartmentalize countless different scandals, crimes, immoral acts, and etc. There were at least a handful of things this year before Sunday that I've had to compartmentalize. It comes to a point where you have to ask yourself if you're compartmentalizing something or using that an excuse to enjoy an immoral and harmful company. Number four, I'm also certainly not okay with AEW allowing fans in, but at least their venue has has a much larger capacity for social distancing and is outdoors, but they aren't off the hook either, in my opinion. Again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm coming down on Darrell or Vincent, as I generally find them very insightful and agree with them, but I feel as if this was something I needed to address. Love the show and go VIP! Thanks, Jared. Um, I forgot how long that was. I read that earlier, but... um, but yeah, uh, a lot to unpack. I haven't actually even gotten to hear the show from Sunday because I have been busy almost nonstop since then and continue to be tonight. Tom, I'm going to throw to you for any extra thoughts. Yeah, I was really, really happy to see these emails come in because they covered so much of what I figured we would be uh, continuing to cover tonight. So thanks very much to, to Jack and JB for that. I agree AEW doesn't get a pass, although... While I was initially disagreeing more with their approach to bringing back some semblance of an audience, now that actual paying fans are back, uh, I their approach is clearly better. And they're not even going as far as to show them on TV all that much. Open air venue kept very, very far away from the ring. Who knows what they're doing in the meantime, but it, it seems like it's uh, much safer. Um, I... I, I should clarify uh, from Sunday, uh, I got the email from NXT Tickets, which is the usual email that they, they use for this sort of thing. Um, and I, I didn't really dig into the email too much because our, our post show was going live. So I suggested that NXT was selling tickets as I was able to dig into the meat of the email a little bit more. Uh, there's no indication that there is going to be a charge. I think that they're just doing an RSVP list and and getting the people who are willing to submit to rapid COVID tests. Which is another question I have, and this is, I'll just try to go in the order of my notes here because it's already becoming a jumble. But, you know, I I absolutely agree that this is something that WWE can be on the hook for because Governor Ron DeSantis, every single move he makes, this is not about him um, specifically, but since it's Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, every move he every move he makes is just to please Trump or or Senator Rick Scott, uh, former former governor. Um, he's he's just a puppy dog for them. And of course, we know Vince is BFFs with Trump. They uh, Vince was brought onto that uh, 
council or whatever it was, along with what the president of Disney World and the, the Roger Goodell and whoever else, like all these sports leagues and amusement parks and, and big businesses that were like the president's council advisors to on how to bring business back. Um, so it, it shouldn't be a surprise, I guess, that we move back to phase three and we're already here. But I don't think this is all that dissimilar from the same way that we all pretty much universally criticized Chris Jericho for going to Sturgis. Um, yeah, the event was going to happen. Um, yeah, there were certain guidelines in place that, that didn't get followed all that much. Um, if it wasn't Chris Jericho, it would have been another band. I know Smash Mouth was there and however many other entertainment, you know, sources were, were there, but just providing the option for people who are going to go out anyway, just like, just like, uh, JB said, I just, it's, it's not that dissimilar. And of course, on the subject of DeSantis, just today, we had him announce like, oh yeah, sure. The Miami Dolphins can bring capacity 65,000 fans back to, to Hard Rock Arena. Great. And the Dolphins, uh, apparently I, I didn't dig too deep into it, but apparently they're like, no, we're going to keep it at our limited crowd. Thanks though. Uh, but WWE here, of course, is just like, let's just pack him into the PC. And, you know, I, I will say that I was more impressed tonight with the fact that everybody actually kept their masks on and actually stayed in place. Uh, it was, it looked much more similar to that no peace underground death match event that I keep referencing as like, okay, yeah, I don't agree that this is happening, but if it is going to happen, at least people are abiding the distancing guidelines and they are wearing masks. I, you know, there's still maskless wrestlers right in front of them. There's whatever. Um, uh, it, it, uh, the, a question that I have is about this rapid COVID testing. I haven't, I've been trying to track as much as I can on the local NXT fan club uh, social media. And I've only seen one person indicate that it's a quote unquote, same day test that they were requested to get. So we have the risk of false negatives uh, and we have the risk of who knows what these people are doing between taking the test and going to the PC. Uh, when I went to the PC in March, there's no public parking there. We all had to park at full sale and then get shuttled in. So are these people showing up, showing their results and then getting piled onto a bus? Are they being driven over individually, like in their pods, which, by the way, were groups of four on Sunday and now have already increased to groups of six, which was not uh, that was a, a change that was planned ahead of time because the scheduled email came out right after takeover, increasing the, the group number to six versus the original invite email that came out. I posted both of those invite emails on my Twitter for anybody who wants to go look at those. Um, Got to get through my notes here so we can actually talk about the show. Uh, the, the thing the thing that probably bugs me the most about it is that I just don't understand. We all know people who were frothing to go back to quote unquote normal one week into this back in March, which was already too late. But, you know, um, I just, I, I don't understand that mentality, but I especially don't understand it with this, this group of fans. I mean, being one of them myself over the past couple of years, I've seen Adam Cole in person more times than I've seen members of my immediate family by a significant margin. This is a normal I'm not trying to sound privileged or whatever. Maybe it comes off that way. But just just the fact that seeing these people wrestle in person is a normal occurrence for me. It's not special. I'm not trying to dis, you know, I obviously I get going to special events every once in a while and it's a novel thing. But this is a regular occurrence for us. How are we frothing so hard to just leap at any opportunity to just pile back in 
and 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 go to this. I just I don't understand that. And more so, I don't understand what the company even ga- gains from this. And that goes for AEW as well. They have the plexiglass players. They had which, oh, by the way, like that's that's another reason why. <laughs> I am just it looks like such a miserable place to be just like packed in indoors in a place that I don't trust the the that, that I don't trust uh, with all of that plexiglass banking going on. But they've got the plexiglass players. They've got the piped in audio that doesn't sound like it belongs in that small room. They've got the Thunderdome boards. With and all now of that ch- combined and now the chain link fence, it, it yeah. seems a little like trying to watch the um the Punjabi prison in person. <laughs> like, yeah, what a I, mess. Like, and 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 just to just as I'm wrapping up here, I just I just don't understand why when you have all of those things combined, why then bring in different people at all, let alone on a weekly basis from outside of the bubble that you were already failing to maintain, and amid an outbreak that's ripping through your roster, no less. It just Oh my goodness! They, they don't. They don't even seem like they're interested in maintaining uh, any semblance of of a bubble. And it's. I just. I don't know what the company actually gains from from doing this. So it's 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 all extremely upsetting. It's um, no. I, I finally I am unable to compartmentalize this. Uh, we we've had to stomach so much to continue to be WWE fans. The Saudi just just recent things. Uh, Saudi Arabia deal. This whole thing that's going down with third-party streaming uh, and, and downside guarantees and all of that, and, and that's just two recent things on top on a mountain of all this other stuff. And this is the first time where I'm like, okay, I can't compartmentalize it because to enjoy this show, I am looking at your transgression against something that literally could result in a life or death consequence for people, possibly even people that you don't know that you don't know that this is where it's traced back to, but. Um, this is this is the kind of thing where, like, I, for the first time in a while, I skipped Monday Night Raw because after Sunday, I just did not want to watch another WWE product. And and you guys know how positive and optimistic and and forgiving I, I am of of WWE in so many cases. And I was just like, I can't bring myself to tune in. And if I didn't host this show or co-host this show uh, tonight, I would have skipped tonight too. I had no interest in watching it. But that said, all of that out there. Let's move on to talking about the show, and I will do my best to be objective as possible because, yes, it was messy, but there was some good stuff on it, too. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. 
But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, yeah, it sure was uh, clean and concise. Oh, man, I had to write a lot of different lines on this show. Um, I say busy show semi-often, but this was a really busy show. You want to call us? That's 515-605-9345, and uh, we will go to the lines after we cover the main event. Now, I could open with Ridge Holland, but we'll get there anyway. Um and I am kind of waiting for updates to maybe pop up, but we may not get any updates tonight. We might be waiting until well into the next day. Um, but Ridge, things don't look good. Um, someone slowed that down and uh, put some shots up on uh, on Twitter. And I'm going to guess an ankle break and maybe even a double break down there. But he buckled after he was supposed to catch Oni on. I don't remember if Oni did a plunger or what he did. Uh, but he was supposed to catch him and it's and he kind of slipped and I thought, well, he's got plenty of strength, but it happened so quick. And then, OK, I said we were going to keep Ridge until later and then I uh, couldn't keep to myself. So main event was Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. This went 1148 and Ember Moon pins Dakota Kai with the eclipse uh, Ember Moon opened near uh, almost opened the show and she did some mic work in the ring it was the mic was never her best friend and it's still not uh she she laughed several times at times that really didn't warrant laughter so i don't know what she's responding to other than perhaps nerves uh anyway io shirai came out to offer a rebuttal when Ember Moon said she wanted a shot. Uh, Rhea Ripley came out and almost immediately got attacked by Dakota and Raquel. Ember went to try to help 
Rhea Ripley and they ran off Dakota and Raquel. And William Regal came out and made the Teddy Long special, Ember Moon and uh, Rhea Ripley against Dakota and Raquel. Uh, I'll also roll in later on. Uh, Mackenzie asked Io Shirai, why did she uh, not go and help? And she said, um, Io, uh, Ember, not my problem. Rhea Ripley, not my problem. This championship, my problem, which lovely. Absolutely loved it. So, uh Wrote her out without making it a six-person, and uh, I think it's true to who EO is. Um, we got we got another small backstage bit with the heels, and then, of course, we got this match. Um, some messy stuff here, and I thought it was unfortunate that Vic was produced to say, no signs of ring rust on Ember Moon, which everybody always says, but there were multiple clear signs of ring rust with Ember Moon. So it kind of made him sound a little silly. Uh, a couple of things didn't really work, but she's been out for 14 months with a torn Achilles. And I think some uh, needing some reps is to be somewhat expected, um, almost to the point where maybe you just start her off with an enhancement match, but then you kind of define her in the middle. So, I guess they tried what they tried, and there were a couple of imperfect moments. The main event, women's tag time. Yeah, and anything we saw along those lines from Ember, I think, at least for me, was forgiven when she hit that eclipse, because not only is that already a very cool move, but this was probably the best one I've ever seen her hit. It was she, really she, excellent, yes. I mean, it was one of those where she she flies straight out, and like she's going to do a splash, and it before she corkscrews, I'm thinking, oh, no, you messed this up horribly. And then she completely torques her body around. And it was it was so impressive. So that I mean, that's that's all she needs right there. I'm <laughs> Give Ember some squash matches where she just hits that and, and we're done. And I'm I'm her biggest fan. But um, I will actually say that I thought her promo was fantastic. Um, yeah. Talking has never been her strong suit. And I don't know how scripted or, or bullet pointed she's she's been, but this seemed like a like, OK, here are your bullet points. Go out there and cut loose kind of promo where she wasn't doing the baby face like I had to work so hard to come back or she didn't sound like she was just super scripted and delivering lines. I felt like she uh, really was out there. Uh, establishing the new vibe of of what she's going to be now and and speaking from the heart in in a fresh way and i i loved you know not not like you know i it, it would mean so much for me to to win that championship she just looks into the camera and goes oh mama's coming for the gold i i i was very on board with this promo i did not like that it turned into one of those like everybody now starts entering on top of one another brawls and <laughs> And then uh, maybe maybe I should be OK with that, though, because I was not worried about Ember uh, during the match because I had already gotten that out of my system from uh, from the brawl as she's even doing like the tiniest little like windmilling of, of arms to look like she's involved in it. I'm just like, oh, God, please don't hurt yourself. Please don't hurt yourself. Um, so uh, so there's that. But uh, I I did. In, you know, as much as I enjoyed as much as I can enjoy anything that's happening in the Capitol Wrestling Center, I enjoyed this match. It was very back and forth in in again, one of kind of like I was saying about some of Sunday's matches. 
in a very like they're just trying to make a statement with a work rate kind of a thing. But I thought that there was some good character stuff, particularly between Raquel and Rhea. And I continue to go back to their their uh, long history, uh, relatively long for NXT, uh, a couple years history with one another working the coconut loop. No one. No one sells like Rhea sells for Raquel. I mean, I just I love the way that she puts Raquel over with the way that she sells for her. Uh, I think if there was anything unfortunate, it was just that Dakota was the other one. Um, this was this was about Rhea, Raquel and Ember and Dakota was just kind of there. Um, but I but I also like that, you know, you go back to Sunday and we're yet again saying, oh, my gosh, what a messy title picture. Who the heck is going to be the competitor? Uh, or sorry, the uh, the the contender. And right away, Eo's just like, no, I'm worried about my belt. I'm not worried about anyone specifically. And now we've got the title scene, the 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 contenders scene, all warring with one another, uh, presumably for that shot. So uh, so ultimately, a thumbs up here. We are ahead of the curve now. Like we're already ahead of where the women's championship hype was two weeks ago for Takeover one week ago. Um, it's, there's more going on and I think we've got a better picture of what it's going to be, but, uh, but we don't know how things were changed as a result of the Tegan Knox injury. And by the way, is everyone injured? Oh my God. Um, yeah, you, you move towards the top of your division and, uh, and there's trouble. So yeah, the, the promo, I didn't, uh, it, the words were good. Uh, I thought the delivery was kind of okay. Um, I did like the ending line, the mom was coming for that title. I thought that was good. And the laughing just completely took me out of it and was so awkwardly placed. But um, I'm interested to see what she does next time. Uh, And I often go back to the really bad one she had on a takeover pre-show that really, why was I even watching the pre-show? Why did I even see that? I don't know. Um, And it was, it was messy, but but what are you going to do? I'm very glad she's back, and I'm very excited to see what she is able to do in these singles matches once she starts to have them, probably as early as next week. Um, let us go to the phone line and say hey to Darrell and see what jumped out at him, uh, see which things jumped out at him on a show where a lot of different things maybe could have jumped out at him, Darrell. How you guys doing today? How's it going, man? It's not the three pack today, but um, it's two two pack. All right. Oh, you guys. All right. Sounds good. Who are you guys? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yep. I might have lost you for okay. a second, but I hear you now. Okay. Um. Well, tonight's show um for me was a show of um building. Um, I think they were building a lot of things and going off the main event that you guys were talking about. I like the main event. The main event was, um, okay. And it looked like that could stem into three different ways. You still, they're still holding on to that Raquel, a real Ripley match. You could um, spin off to that. Also, you could spin off to Amber Moon, Dakota Kai. And I'm going to add, a couple of more women in this, and I want to get you guys' idea on this. Right now in NXT, it looks like they're building, and we're starting to see a lot of different women fused and a lot of different women that they're building up. 
You can see that they're potentially building up the Zia Lee um, heel turn with what happened with her today. You can see they're building up a young future contender in um, Shotzi. Also, you're seeing stuff with Candice LeRae uh, and um, Indy Hartwell. So I guess Candice going to have a follower. Um, I love what they did with Tony Storm in trying to redefine her. And I can't wait to see what they do with her. And I'm thinking she will probably be the next to get the title um, title shot since she do hold a victory over um, Io Shirai. Knowing that I'm saying that we could potentially see a takeover card, uh, just a whole Wednesday show where we having three big, three to four big women matches. And that's probably the first time I've seen on on any show, especially any WWE show in a while. How do you guys like the, the situations that I was talking about with everything building up? And um, with that, um, with um, the Tony Storm promo itself, and do you guys see her as probably the next contender because you can probably put Amber Moon versus um, Amber Moon versus Rhea Ripley, and they still seem like they're holding off Rhea Ripley to potentially maybe Rumble or even WrestleMania. Yeah, it's a really interesting time for the women right now because there's so much transition. The it's always a good. Uh, we always know there's talent there, but what it's more exciting than usual, even just because of how much transition there's going on. What's not going to be exciting is that uh, some of our favorites are going to get lost in the shuffle, and that's going to be a bummer. Um, <laughs> my absolute favorite looks to be very lost in the shuffle right now, as um, as Dakota Kai was almost a guarantee to take the pin in that match, and uh, and indeed did. Uh, I think Tony Storm. You know, I didn't think about Tony Storm being the one to get that first championship match, uh, to get that next championship match against Io, but maybe that will come to pass. Now, it'll be interesting to see how they frame it, but they easily could frame it, as you say. Uh, you were one of the best, but I'm the one who beat you in the finals of the second May Young Classic. So it, it could be as simple as that, and that could get her a match, and they wouldn't have to go through... Uh, the tedium of a four-way or another battle royal or anything like that. Uh, might as well roll in the stuff with the Garganos walking their dog, and they come home to a 65-inch TV. I used to sell TVs, so that particular model, I, I there's a million things I could say, but we're not going to go that long today. Um, but Indy Hartwell bought a, bought a TV for the Garganos, and that's a sentence I didn't hear myself saying two hours ago. Um, so very interesting stuff with Indy and then they go back and they show there was some real foresight here uh Indy Hartwell saved Candice LeRae several times in the uh in the battle royal and perhaps helped her win it in ways that uh, Candice did not appreciate at the time so uh so some interesting things there I think it'll be a while before Indy gets into a high-profile feud of her own, but by having her be the under-the-wing person, that might uh, really give her a boost. Um, uh, gosh, I, I feel like I might co-sign your idea of Tony Storm getting the championship match. Maybe on... They could do a takeover of all women, but obviously I think some of these matches will be on Halloween Havoc if they're big enough to be 
on a bigger show uh, because we got Halloween Havoc three weeks from today. So they might set up something for that very show. Uh, Tom, it's it's bloated, uh, which is a wonderful thing. What uh, where are they going from here? Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fix, check out Ring Rust Radio. Ring Rust Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Darrell, as, as happens so often with you and I, um, it seems like we are on similar wavelengths. I love seeing the development that is going on all the way down the ranks of the women's division right now. And I, I was worried for a moment there that Zaya had done this heel turn thing just to job to different people. Um, but then Boa comes out and that was my favorite moment on the whole show, because that's a guy who I was already high on. He and Zaya are the last two standing from that batch of Chinese signees that WWE did a couple of years ago. And he's been out with a shoulder injury that I've been tracking through his social media. I, I, you know, I always say that, like, oh, I've been tracking it. I'm just I just follow him on Instagram. But I've been wanting to see him come back. And I've been I knew he was healthy and I was wondering where they were going to slot him back in, if at all. And I just got I, I got excited. Just like there he finally is. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see what they're going to do there. And uh, for Shotzi's part of that match, um, for for as hit and miss as, as Shotzi is week to week, I have kind of a pie in the sky vision of, of how well I think she could do as the host of Halloween Havoc, assuming it's not just uh, like I said on Sunday, I, I want them to do like a Sven Gulli thing with her. And she hosts the evening as if it's like, you know, a, a horror movie special. Um and, and hopefully they don't just do like the WrestleMania host thing where all she does is show up for one promo and that's it. And she just she just says, welcome to the ball pit. And that's that's all it is. I think associating her with the Halloween Havoc brand is um, it fits her character. Uh, and and uh, I think that that could be really, really good for the overall perception of who she is as as a character. Um, so so I'm optimistic there. Of course, you guys know that I'm high on Indy Hartwell. I have been for a while. And I just love seeing that not only is she being inserted into a prominent angle uh, with the Garganos, maybe, you know, joining the Gargano way. And, you know, on, on Sunday we got asked, uh, you know, what's next for their Garganos after they both lost tonight? And I kind of dodged the question and talked about some other stuff because I, I didn't freaking know. Uh, I had no ideas. Uh, and, and here we are and we see that, yes, it was planned out. How beautiful is that? that they did something so subtle in the battle Royal that, you know, everybody missed. And then, but it was so deliberate that they're able to go back and show that, no, the pieces were in place. This is a story we're telling. So, so I love that. And I, I definitely believe that Indy is, is up for a bigger role because I've, I've believed in her talent for a while. Um, and then, uh, and she went oh, final five in that battle Royal, that's right. which that's we right. thought she was did. odd, but uh, yeah, there's, there's been a plan in place for her apparently. Yeah, if you if you remove the fact that uh, Raquel and Rhea eliminated one another in um, 
you know, to build up their rivalry, which, of course, makes sense for the story they were telling there. Every single other rivalry can be read chronologically as a ranking of like where these women sit in the division, except for Indy Hartwell. She's the one anomaly. So um, but maybe maybe that was uh, for two or, um, you know, uh, foreshadowing. I don't know. Uh, anyway. The other one, of course, is Tony Storm, and that's the one that I'm most on the wavelength uh, with you, Darrell, because I was actually thinking the exact same thing, that with these other women warring at NXT in person, Tony is the person who can come in and not be a part of all that and go straight to EO and say, yeah, I, I beat you in that May Young Classic, so I have a reason why I should uh, be in contention for that title. Um, I'm trying to force my oh oh and added to that i also think that tony is someone of course this plays this this is informed by my general opinion of tony um i think she's somebody that you can safely beat um and 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 give eo that win to continue her uh her rise with ember being back if you're going to put her in a singles match if they do something like triple threat or or it's it's after every takeover that we say or I say like oh are they going to go to a multi woman match here and they never do uh, if they did that you could put Ember in it and just not have her involved in the in the decision uh, but I I wouldn't want to see Ember beat at this point in her return uh, so I think Tony is safer and I'm going to try to be optimistic about seeing how Tony presents herself I thought that the the video addressing EO on Sunday was strong relative to tony it's strong but then tonight's thing was like okay i'm going to keep on telling myself that it's going to be a better presentation for you when you're actually uh back in you know in the ring um but telling me that like oh hey i went on vacation to cancun is not something that i'm invested in all that much it's like i i don't know i'm i'm, I'm just reminded of like following to dashwood on instagram like okay yep you're you're always on vacation, the beautiful vistas and beautiful bikinis, but I kind of hate you for it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Video packaging in, in, in and of itself, not great, but I definitely think that Tony should be the next challenger here. And but, hopefully it's a new I, version of Tony. I think they're going to keep her heel. So this could be like the first small step towards her being the this is how the other half lives. Um, kind you know of what? Thing. I had already forgotten that she turned heel before the pandemic hit. Yeah, I oh yeah. I was I was actually paying attention to that feud with Piper Niven. And I I remember that now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Piper's uh, Piper's done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I was oh, say yes. down there, not down there um, over there, <laughs> uh, over there to the to the left um, to somewhere. Anyway, uh, yeah, lots of – oh, I had a couple of thoughts, but we're talking about so many women at once, I'm, I've kind of forgotten what uh, what I was going to hit. But I like that recovering all that ground. Was it about Shotzi? Um, it actually might have been, but I'll, uh, I'll drop her in just a second here. Uh, it was about Ember. It was um, just total agreement that she does need to be protected right now. You can't bring somebody back and half-ass it. You have to bring them back and put them at the top, or else they're just going to be like, you went home again, and now you're just going to... She would flounder if she was not protected at the beginning. So I expect her to be real protected here at the beginning. It was very strange in this main event for Rhea Ripley to play heel in peril and to have Dakota Kai, who is like the sniveling heel, desperate to keep Rhea Ripley in the ring. And uh, I get it because Ember just got back, but it seems like a really dicey thing to do to Rhea, who... 
all these little, little things. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts to her mystique um, to have her be the one in peril and have Dakota Kai desperate to have Rhea in the ring and not Ember. And I don't know. I overthink these things, but uh, but that's what I'm here to do. Shotzi Blackheart did face uh, Zia Lee, and like you, I was extremely excited about Boa. Um, the fact that he was in a suit suggests maybe a brief non-wrestling role for him, but I really, really dig him. Um, he was in the breakout tournament, and of those that they still employ, he might be one of the last ones to hit TV. I can't remember uh, who else hasn't. I would have to look at that bracket to I think to I mean it was only eight guys. I think they're all It was only okay. eight guys. Yeah. And I and I think uh other than ACH who took off, um I think that uh that the group's doing all right. I would, yeah, like I would even ju- Joaquin Wilds up to stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Um still don't ever remember his name. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I do like what he's doing. Um I, I I think it's a great role for him right now, and we'll see uh, what that does for any of them and if they can break out. If one of them breaks out, I prefer it to be Mendoza. I think he's criminally underused, but whatever. They weren't on the uh, show this week, so let's not get bogged down in that. Shati Blackheart, um, she defeated Zia Lee, and I was already typing, why did Zia Lee lose to uh, to just face new to um, or turn just to lose to new people? But uh, but yeah, this could be interesting stuff. The other thing there is that I never talked about was Shotzi is going to be the host of uh, of Halloween Havoc, and on the media call. After this was announced, Triple H said, and who better than Shotzi Blackheart? And I was like, ooh, quite a few people would be better to host something. Because I say Ember's not totally at home on the mic, but in comparison to Shotzi Blackheart, uh, Ember lives on the mic. Shotzi has been very stagey on the mic, but uh, but I think if produced – I think if these segments are all pre-produced – and they really get her to where they need to be. This could actually be a great boost for her uh, if it goes right. And I'm very interested and um, closing one eye as I as I watch with fear as that happens. But yeah, I'll mention Sven Gulli again. Or if people aren't familiar with that, like the the fright fright night. I think my dad is obsessed with Sven Gulli and has okay. a Sven Gulli shirt. So I'm on okay. board. I mean, like if you know, or Fright Night. I think everybody's seen that. If you haven't seen that, sort of like the vibe that Rob Zombie gives off a lot with his more carnyish subject matters. Just if my point is, if they go for corny, then it doesn't matter if Shotzi's delivery is wooden. It'll it'll be good. I think. You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it will also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at PWTorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And, of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, 
ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. All right, Darrell, what else do you have for uh, for us for this week? Okay, and just to play off for what you guys are talking about, um, the reason why I brought up Shotzi and Zaya Lee, I didn't mind seeing her lose, and I knew that Shotzi was going to be the host of Halloween uh, of the Halloween Havoc. If that show ends with the host getting, getting taken out and it cultivates into the ending of Zaya Lee's full heel turn, then that starts a potential rivalry between the two. That'll be a great way to end off on that show and a reason to have her as host of Halloween Havoc. You're telling them the story, and it cultivated into that um, final heel turn. Because, uh, yeah, she was showing heel mannerisms today, but she hasn't went full heel all the way. So that's what I was hoping with the end of that. Now, like I said, this show today is a show about building. And we've seen the building of a new tag team. Um, similar to how um, American Alpha started back in the day, where you had Gable chasing down. Um, um, Jason Jordan. Jordan. We always forget his name when we're on yeah, NXT eight years back, too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And they were taking, he was doing the corny stuff, willing and. And trying to make him say able, Gable, you know, so um, having, using um, Great Maverick and the punching in the cars that you built up with him, that sympathetic guy in that cruiserweight tournament and stuff, and using it to help frame back up Killian Dane, which I hope that this building of them as a tag team lasts for a little while till they start gelling and he starts feeling him a little bit more, and then you can potentially take off, take the tag team title off of Breezango and put it on a good heel team, which I'm hoping is my grizzled young veteran that I've been calling for for a while. So, um, and then that, that tag team title will be deserving to be on a takeover again. How do you guys like the odd matchup, and what do you guys think about that whole scenario that I played out you know, for a while, I thought I might be the Grizzled Young Veterans um, biggest fan. And then um, and then you came along. <laughs> now I'm pretty sure I'm second at best. Uh, but yes, love, love that idea. Um, and I think they were definitely earmarked to be champions before they uh, they had to take some time off uh, because the world is uh, is hell. So, OK, Dane and Maverick. First, we had. Drake being interviewed outside, and he said, yeah, "I got, I got a tag match for uh, for me and Killian. You know, we're buddies and everything." Um, and uh, and Dane shows up, of course, and is very upset about this. Like, why are you doing this? And he storms off. And Drake says, "Just wait until you hear our music. You're gonna love it." Uh, the match is just a couple of segments later. Dane and Maverick versus Ever Rise. Uh, the match played for comedy and. That's a fine use of Ever Rise. I don't think they're ever going to have Ever Rise win or do anything special um, unless it's some kind of – unless it's a win to move a story forward. They win uh, – Dane and Maverick win at 4.02 when Dane 
kind of gets tired of Maverick and uh, powers uh, body slams him on top of, oh, maybe it was a power slam, on top of, I think it was Chase Parker, but I'd have to go back to be 100% sure. And, uh, and then the crushed Maverick pinned him after the match. Dane, of course, punches Drake after Drake tries to make him dance. And Dane goes back. And he carries Drake like a sack of potatoes to the back, and Drake is um, thumbs-upping the camera. Uh, this is going to turn some people off. Uh, I know that it is, because it's very silly. It's very sports entertainment so I'm very interested to see what Tom thinks of this, because I think we both like the build to this. But this is as cute as they've ever gotten. We also got an email from David Podnar, a good friend of the show. I love the dynamic between Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. Yes, I know tag teams that don't get together can be another trope, but Drake Drake's actions just have me enjoying this. Are you also are you just tapping your feet to that catchy song? Sometimes we just need someone being happy, even when being punched in the face. Dave Podnar from Pittsburgh. Um, I agree that I really like this version of Drake, who is just so stupidly optimistic i think it's a fun use of him and um and it's something we haven't really seen before it feels as novel as anything can in pro wrestling uh it it really feels like a character that is kind of one of a kind um well you can't be kind of one of a kind but whatever (laughs) <laughs> getting, pedan- getting pedantic with myself, like when people say, oh, it was pretty unique. Yeah, was it unique or was it not? Um, okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what a stupid thing to get mad about, but I am who I am. Um, so before I try to talk myself through my own thoughts, Tom, on uh, on Drake and Killian. I, I'm guilty of the same, and I, I think I'm probably guilty of, of using the phrase pretty unique uh, uh, on occasion. But I thought that this was very amusing, and I'm not sure if we can be certain this was the end game for them at this particular point, since they seem to be, particularly with uh, Nikki Cross being announced as being taken off of the uh, clash of champions card uh, and, and her, her marriage to Killian Dane, uh, you know, Maverick and, and Dane disappeared from TV at the same time, right when that outbreak hit and they've been gone about two weeks. So it seems like there might've been some exposure and I don't know if that led to a, a change in plans. I, I even went as far as wondering if uh, Ridge Holland being involved with undisputed era was not originally the plan and maybe it was going to be Killian Dane or something, but uh but this, um, th- yeah, I, I agree. This is very novel. And yes, we've seen tag teams like this before, but I certainly can't remember a tag team that where the, the guys or one of the guys like actually hated the other guy and wanted to hurt him. And the, um, the finish reminded me a little bit of a spot that I loved seeing Luke Harper and Eric Rowan do where, uh, and I wish that their tag team played more into this, but it was when uh, Harper would, would like shove Rowan and I think I think that's the way it went. Maybe it was the other way around. Well, one of them would shove the other, and and sort of piss the other one off. And because they're like these cult drones, then they would you know the one that got shoved would pick up the shover and power slam them down onto the the felled opponent. Um, so I, I I liked that uh, idea. Although this is obviously a different framing of that uh, using one another as as a weapon. Um, and yeah, I just I, how. How delightful is it to see Killian Dane come out 
just so grumpy while while Drake Maverick skips and snaps his fingers and there's whistling music in the background. I mean, I, I am very much enjoying the uh, comedy through juxtaposition that we're getting. And they they so far have found a way for Killian Dane to punch out Drake Maverick at the end of each of their matches and each one has felt fresh. It doesn't just feel like, okay, this is the part where we do the punch spot. Um, so I, I am uh, very much on board with this pairing and the, uh, the enhancement of its presentation as seen tonight. The Odd Couple was such a popular play. It's been remade and made uh, dozens of times, folks. <laughs> uh, you will never go broke with, uh, with that kind of, um, with that kind of dynamic. I, I like this too. Um, I think they have to be, careful here not to become the toddlers who have something good and then they overdo it and then it's Mm -hmm. not funny anymore um i think that this particular act could have a short it will have a short shelf life if they try to do too much of a good thing um darrell was there anything else or uh otherwise we'll uh we'll run for the finish line okay um now, with the first match that was on the card um, with Tommaso Ciampa and Kushida, I like the hard hitting style. I like how they continue to keep Kushida the way that they had him before. Um, I see these two guys as potential since they haven't been building up um, guys for um, title shots for neither the North American or the uh, NXT title um, uh, championship. I could see either one or both guys going for either title. I think I'm how they build in Kushida that we might see him as a potential matchup for Finn in some type of way. Um, I like that. Um, I I didn't understand having Dream come out there. I understood why they had him come out there because of the night before. So I guess that takes him away from maybe potentially being drafted up higher and stuff like that or being on road off TV. But, um, again, like I said, this tonight was tonight of Bills, and they seem to be building this up, and these two guys having a rivalry until they potentially go off of what title each guys and go off to um, today. What are you guys seeing those, tire, um, those two guys going, and um, do you see either one of those guys going after a title? Because I do think I would like to see Tommaso Ciampa go after um, – um, the North American title, so and Kashida go after the main title. So, how did you guys like that matchup, and where do you guys see these two going for? I worry about my boy Kushida because if he gets that championship match right now in the thick of this push, and he uh, and he doesn't come through, it's really, really going to hurt. Um, I guess just. In a natural sense, I was expecting the other way around, but the way they treat the North America, uh, the North American Championship so well, they could do it this way, and it wouldn't really seem like any kind of a demotion for um, for uh, for Champa. This really does seem like a belt that these guys should want to go get. Uh, it's it's been treated really really well. Um, I don't know what I would have said about Champa a couple hours ago, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, but the way that everybody keeps getting hurt, I would say 
Champa probably was earmarked to take some time away from championships and just kind of burn towards something new. Uh, but now who else is there? He's got to go after a championship because everyone keeps getting hurt. Every intended person that they have high up. Um, if Cameron Grimes was more protected, then maybe he'd be one of them. But I don't know how realistically you put him in a place other than uh, the North American Championship, um, the ladder match. Uh, no, he wasn't in the ladder match. He was in the uh, the Gauntlet Eliminator. I, I tried to shove the name of that out of my head, but apparently <laughs> it stuck. Um Okay, so Kushida versus Champa. Uh, I thought that this was a no way out booking kind of match, and indeed it ended in the very rare NXT disqualification. 14 minutes and 31 seconds. Um, yeah, this was uh, this was nice. I think these guys are a pretty decent match. I too was a little surprised that Dream came out here. He lost decisively at Takeover. Maybe it's just a red herring. But then he went after Kushida and he got his ass beat again. So. What what is he necessarily doing? I don't know if this is just to write him out of the feud in a realistic way because he just got beat down again or what exactly this goes to. I think a lot of things are um, are teases for the draft, but um, but I'm not sure. Uh, The one thing I will say is that I thought it was I always find it a little weird when they have this ending. So Dream comes out to attack. Kushida, obviously, and through no fault of his own, he accidentally attacks uh, Champa. He hits him with the axe handle because Champa got dragged into the way. So Champa wins the match. It just seemed like they wanted to have their cake and eat it here too. Um, he clearly was there to attack Dream, but but whatever. I can live with it either way. But if I have to nitpick, and I do because that's why I'm here, that's my nitpick, Tom. You actually very, very nicely covered every single point that I wanted to make. So I will just echo you and add that I, although this was a fine opener, um, I I was upset when I heard Champa's music because they had advertised that Ember Moon was going to open the show. So I saw Champa and I was just like, what the hell, man? But yeah, yes, I, I thought that was I echo everything yep. you said. All righty. Um then I think uh, I think we had from Drell what he said he was going to have. So let's start. Uh, let's start racing towards the ending. Let's go to. Uh, we better talk about Ridge Holland. Um, okay. So he got pushed throughout the night. Uh, he of course had the moment at the end of Takeover, and he was a Takeover main event major player after the match. He deposits Adam Cole. Um, uh, over the barricade or wherever it is and uh undisputed era got together on i still don't know what they're doing with undisputed era i really don't uh they were all together in a backstage segment and kyle o'reilly was kind of trying to apologize for not getting it done against finn they were all you know they were all cool about it and like whatever we understand and and then uh cole um, made a warning to Ridge that he would be sorry that uh, that he attacked him. So uh, then later on, Ridge is asked why he did what he did, and he said, uh, you've got Adam Cole to thank for that or some such. Uh, then Ridge Holland wrestles Danny Birch. This goes 205 uh, because you can't, you can't wrestle Danny Birch in a long match, even though I love seeing Danny Birch in long matches if you're going to be a monster. 
And so after the match, there is a long series of mini brawls with between Oni Lorcan and Ridge Holland. And the the killer is this could have ended one beat down, two beat downs earlier, but Oni went after Ridge one more time, uh, as he was produced to do, of course, uh, with, I, I want to say it was a plancha, but now I don't remember. And something in Ridge buckled. And I noticed it right away, but I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it sounded. Then they come back from commercial. Uh, Vic Joseph talking in a very muted tone about uh, about injuries and what kind of things can happen. Wade Barrett says, this is the nature of the beast, but I really, really hope Ridge gets better soon. Um, and Ridge, who's been promoted as one of the top heels in the company, he is taken out on a stretcher. And he puts up his thumb. But, yeah, from the screen grabs, it looks like this could be real ugly. And I'm just kind of trying to camp on places that might be announcing something, but nothing's happened yet. So I don't know what there is to say about it, Tom, because it makes no sense to talk about a brewing feud that isn't going anywhere, but on the segments themselves, I suppose. We're now on Patreon. By popular demand, you can now support us directly through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, including an entry-level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away. You can have the VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast. That's 14 podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out, plus you get the VIP after shows. Don't be left out anymore from those for just $4.99 at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletter, the current ones and 20 years ago version. So go check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Yeah, as as far as what more there is to say on the the injury, you hate to see it. That's all that's all you can say. I'm sure there are people out there supposing that it's worked and we have seen the X thrown up uh in in um in, in worked situations, unfortunately. Um but that X went up immediately. It's interesting that you pointed out his ankles earlier because I was looking at his head, I was looking at maybe a shoulder. Um so I'll have to go back and look at the footage. But yeah, this I mean, this guy who was presented the way that you said he was presented is not going to work an injury angle with enhancement talent Oni Lorcan. As much as we love Oni, he's enhancement talent. So um so yeah, it, it you, you hate to see it. The the segments themselves I find myself complaining about because I I guess we're just not going to get um uh Danny Birch uh Danny Birch versus uh Roderick Strong to find out who's going to challenge for the tag titles or are they just not going to mention that and then um building up to this it does seem I mean it obviously it, it, at least for storyline purposes they got as much out of Ridge as they did tonight. So it seems like they can at least continue telling whatever undisputed era story they want to tell, even if Ridge is no longer a physical presence in it. Um, because it, it, you know, he's last week, I didn't have a Mercedes. Now I do. There you go. And which by the way, um, he, he got out of the driver's seat of that, right? 
Um, oh boy. Uh, I'm pretty sure know. he got out of the driver's seat of it, but he left it just in the parking area, not in the parking space. And the engine was still running. I did not see a valet anywhere. So <laughs> yeah, there's a nitpick for you. But, <laughs> yes, um, I didn't. I should have yeah. noticed that, but I didn't. Ultimately, that my takeaway was the car is still running and it's not parked, and uh, I guess they're just not going to address the the tag team contention situation. You know what? Uh, I've been camping on WWE.com just to see anything about Ridge, and there is a poll. Which superstar made a worse potential enemy tonight? Is it Cameron Grimes in Dexter Loomis, or is it Velveteen Dream in Tommaso Ciampa? So apparently what they're going for is shifting Dream over to Champa. Um and what's that feud gonna be? Because they're both heels. Um yeah. and not only and they did not make that clear because they didn't really linger on Champa or anything. And like what's his beef? You helped me win a match by disqualification. I'll murder you. Like I don't whatever. Like he clearly wasn't even okay. Okay, it, it did. So. It did seem like they're setting up a match between them, but if it turns into a feud, that's just ridiculous. Right. I thought of like maybe they can get something out of this, and maybe that's where they're going. But they sure didn't make it seem like it was clear to the point where somebody should be putting it up uh, as a worse potential enemy. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, okay. So I keep losing my page in here. Let's go to the middle of the show, the the mid-show main event segment, uh, which was all about Austin Theory, which has been his place of late. What a weird push Austin Theory's getting. He gets a lot of minutes week after week, and he always loses. This is the first time he's won in a while, and then he still lost a match after that. So he wrestled Leon Ruff, and he won in 147 and says, this is what happens when uh, when I get the proper time to prepare. By the way, I adore Leon Ruff. If you listen to this show, you already know that, and, um, and I'll continually die on that hill. I love what this guy is capable of, and he is truly one of a kind, a, a, an actual unique guy. Um, and But I just don't know if a guy is slight as he is, has any chance to do anything in WWE. So, uh, so I enjoy the two minutes I get from him uh, every couple of months. Whatever. Dexter Loomis comes out to provide a counterpoint in the form of no speaking, and he wrestles and beats Austin Theory. Um, I don't know how long this match was. I did time it, but then I forgot to type in the time. So, um, so I don't know, probably twelve minutes. But Loomis goes over Theory. Uh, I know you early on were already like, I don't know about the Loomis Act. And I thought, well, we got to see where it goes. And I'm starting to get a little tired of waiting to see where it goes. Um, I guess we've got what we're going to get out of it. But uh, but Theory, hard to talk about him with uh, whatever is underneath him. But... He is one hell of a talent. That's uh, that's all I will say. So I can understand that. I don't. Uh, what a situation. Tom, take it away. Yeah, I mean, you, the theory's young ring IQ cannot be denied. And and I just I, I even loved seeing like Leon Ruff, unfortunately, slipped off the ropes at one point and theory just swooped right in to not just save him, but immediately make it look like it was just his care, his, his 
role was uh, taking advantage of his opponent's mistake in, in a in a combat environment and and going straight to the finish. I, I just thought that um, showed great thinking on his feet in the moment. Uh, Leon Ruff, I. Believe me, it is not something I don't want to be the guy who hates on Leon Ruff. But now that he's signed and so they're giving him more offense in his matches where he just gets folded up like an accordion at the end, which, yeah, he can do like few others. Um, it's like one step up from Marco Stunt territory. Uh, it, it just doesn't look like a person who belongs in a wrestling ring. And I I hate even hearing myself say that because, you know, it, it you just look at former power lifter Austin Theory and you look at Leon Ruff and it's like okay something something doesn't quite add up here like uh it's I I, I don't know but then then Dexter Loomis came out and uh boy if there was something on this show that I had forgotten about until you reminded me that it happened it sure was this um yeah mm-hmm. god I it completely escaped my mind that this was even a thing that occurred and Loomis like I don't know how cleanly I can draw this correlation, but on eight years back, we're talking about Leo Kruger, who is playing a psychotic character, a very, very different kind of psychotic character. He's like a jump out at you like, hey, I'm crazy. Hey, I'm crazy kind of guy. And, and Dexter Loomis is cool, calm and collected. And in my mind, I sort of compare the way that Leo Kruger works his character to the way that Bubba Ray Dudley did. And again, very different characters, but just the way that he works, what he's doing with his character in to motivate what he does in the ring. And when I look at Dexter Loomis, I make a much more lofty comparison to it seems like he's working sort of the way that Kane worked um, and just being this big badass who just stands there and won't take your guff. And and when you cross him, he's just this big brick wall that's going to that's going to choke slam you. But Kane was able to emote so much through full facial covering and with without that hindrance dexter loomis is i say hindrance but maybe you should put the guy under a mask because he there's nothing there there's nothing to be intrigued about whatsoever there's nothing to wonder about there's no little mannerism or no little um twitch or or subtlety that you're just like oh Oh, I, I picked up. I was bored before, but now I picked up on that, and now I want to know more. It just—he's so boring, and there's nothing to dig into. Um, you know what yeah, this maybe, guy needs? They need to put the guy under the mask, so then it gives you something to wonder about. <laughs> They're doing Halloween Havoc, and he is the kind of guy who should do something at Halloween Havoc. What? Like, I think what he needs—and this is self sports entertainmenty—is to be in some asinine costume. <laughs> and so we finally see like something like he's like he's the greatest American hero from the 1980s TV oh, show. Something don't get me started. I love greatest American hero. <laughs> I loved it, too. And I look back and I'm like, this is terrible. And I love it. Um, it's so stupid. I love it. And I use that one because that is what I'm considering what I was considering doing this year when I thought Halloween would exist. Oh, um, man. With a with a curly blonde wig, I hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, it was kind of reddish, right? Nikki Cat's hair? I, oh, I don't remember. Okay. Um, gosh, it's been so many years, and I don't think I've seen it since first run. Um, mm. I, mm. Oh, so I don't know. Yeah, it was... <laughs> what a song. What a song. Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. 
Okay, so, well, I mean, Dexter Loomis got us to the greatest American hero, so I guess it's not all bad. Um, okay, so, where do we go from there? What else do we have? Everything else we have was uh, segments. So, we had uh, Grimes, who said, uh, when, you ask, when I ask you a question, you answer. Uh, you don't walk away like some kind of freak, and if you... Uh, well, excuse me, I'm going to the moon. I love that, you know, their catchphrasing is stupid, but I love his because he does it in places where we all know that it doesn't make sense, but he's so, so committed to it. I love it. Um, we got uh, Damien Priest brought to you by Burger King. Um, maybe if you're pushing a guy as the coolest guy in the world, uh, maybe don't have a corporate sponsor like Burger King, but whatever. Um, and he said, if anybody wants me, they can have a match. Uh, if they want this championship, they can have a reckoning, which is cutesy, but I thought it was kind of cool. I'm guilty of that. Um, and then we had Thatch's Thatch Can. It still exists, but this one was the rare Thatch's Thatch Can that actually kind of furthered something, uh, cause Thatcher has lost some high profile matches and he lost it and would not, uh, stop inflicting pain on his student but this time it was motivated by the fact that he started talking about uh those guys who are just told what to do and he's like i won't be one of those i won't be one of those people and uh he won't be defined by his failure i don't remember what it was but he was defined by um it actually motivated his actions in this one so i thought even though these have gone nowhere and they were overlong, and I couldn't believe that they're still around. I thought this one actually made sense at least to exist. And finally, we did also have Prime Target, O'Reilly and Balor. I don't like throwing the term Prime Target around, because that's not really what this was. But um, but we did have some kind of update about the injuries. Uh, Kyle, not here this week. Uh, Vin, and with Balor, they said, might... Uh, Take This might take some time. Uh, we don't know what that means, but I think that they will wait as long as they can to strip the title off of him because, oh, man, do they not want to strip the title off another person and go into their, like, fourth, fifth title reign in the last three months after Cole held it for so long. Uh, but anyway, on, uh, on the remaining segments, Tom. I won't try to squeeze more juice out of the first three than you already did. Uh, I'll, you, you definitely saw something in the Thatch's Thatch can that I did not. Uh, I'll say that much. But I, I will point out that uh, Mackenzie Mitchell, after the Damien Priest interview, said, and back to you, Vic Joseph, or, or Vic and Wade, or however she said it. I'm just, oh, my God. Finally, an interviewer that was not produced to just awkwardly stand there staring at the camera waiting for commentary to cut back in. That was that was a big relief. And um, they don't direct them to do anything. It's like they one time say, OK, every time just look on to them with intrigue. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing you do ever. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I thought that I actually didn't even notice that they used the prime target name. But I 100 percent agree that this is not something that should have been called that uh, even when they've used it in places before that I, I th was it the uh, I think it was the Adam Cole and Keith Lee one where I thought this wasn't really a prime target I think that was the one yeah um, and because that was all kayfabe they said prime target tonight at the beginning of the show okay. and then when prime target happened they didn't actually call it that again so it uh -huh. was it was a, I don't know left hand not talking to the right I don't know 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if they've ever, I don't think they've ever used it as like a, a post match thing. It's always been building up to the match, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that the video was very, very well done. And I mean, the match that the, these two guys had was fantastic and the video did an excellent job of highlighting what made it fantastic. But then as, as I, uh, was sort of <laughs> lamenting to you before the show, uh, cause I was fishing for an answer that I didn't feel like I got. So I didn't make a fool of myself when we're live. And I, I'm just criticizing the way Finn was scripted without having picked up on something important. But at the end of it, he just goes, you know, people keep asking me, Finn, is this title run going to be better than your last one? Well, I think they got their answer. And I'm like, what do you, we didn't get a single answer out of you. We know that your jaw is in pieces. And the, I mean, that's going to take what, like a m absolute minimum of eight weeks to heal with, with like, if they just like slather stem cells all over you. Um, so, so no, I did not get any answers at all. And that, that of course plays into what we were saying about, uh, about Champa seeming like he's next up by default. But yeah, I, I, I liked the video package, but it did not seem to cover the base that they think it covered. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. The best part of it is that it caused you to say the words slather stem cells all over you. <laughs> that was the best thing to come of it so far. I actually immediately wrote it down. I was like, I got to I got to say that. Um <laughs> I just, I wanted to hear it at least once more. And we were okay. talking about William Cat, not even Christopher Reeve. Right. Was it William Cat? I, I was going to say, oh, Nikki Cat is a different actor. Okay. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, wait, okay, I do always get him confused with the, the name Cat Williams. So maybe I'm the one who's, oh, man, and he was in Carrie, too. Oof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's there not a go. tangent we have to go down on, but um, but my goodness, one of the best horror movies ever. It was a good one, and uh, oh, and her mother. Mm. Oh boy, it, oh, it was really good. Okay, okay. Ryan Murphy Let's, needs um, to make a prequel series about it. Don't actually do that, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> All right, um, let's go to Tim Scott. Does NXT have an identity problem? Lately, I've listened to several podcasts with various opinions on why NXT is losing to AEW in the ratings and why the show, for some reason, doesn't feel as relevant as it once did. From my perspective, I feel like the people who don't like NXT are probably turned off by the fact that the overall presentation doesn't have the same big, bright, bubblegum aesthetic of Raw or SmackDown. While on the other hand, fans of AEW most likely prefer it for being all the things that Raw and SmackDown are not. So basically, NXT ends up being stuck in the middle between fans who want all the glitz and glamour and fans who perceive AEW as the real authentic alternative for sub substantive well-booked quality pro wrestling so in the end it seems to me that ever since moving to usa nxt has been struggling with an identity crisis that can only be resolved by either choosing to completely sell out and turn the show into wednesday night raw or figuring out a way to get back to capturing that indie show energy and staying true to that no matter how many casual fans they may lose Curious to hear your thoughts on this. Looking forward to the show. Much love. Tim Scott, VIP member, Virginia Beach. 
Uh, love, he says. I, I knew we'd get there eventually with Tim Scott. He's great. Um, so, yeah, this, ugh, this is something I consider a lot. And uh, how fitting is it that he sent it this time, uh, this week, because this show did feel like a raw in a lot of ways. Um, and, and there was some good stuff and there was some bad stuff, but it, it was definitely a very sports entertainment-y episode of NXT. Um, I do agree with you, Tim, that uh, people who don't like NXT might be turned off that it doesn't have the same bubblegum aesthetic. Uh, I think that they think that that means it's small time or they perceive it as such or they just – they want spectacle. Uh, people – People went to the fourth Transformers movie, like on purpose. Um, they they want spectacle, so uh, that it happens. Um, people like AEW most likely prefer it for being all the things in Raw and SmackDown or not. That trips me up a little because I don't think that it's all the things Raw and SmackDown or not. I think that it is Raw or SmackDown uh, with a different roster, um, which is why I stopped watching it in the first place. But Granted, I have not um, taken a shot at it in probably about three or four months at least. I don't know. Um, I think that the – I think Occam's Razor says it still feels cool and it still feels like a rebel move to prefer AEW. Uh, I think that probably brings a lot of people to the table. They obviously have a very deep talent pool of some uh, some really interesting wrestlers. They got some real gaps too, but uh, but there's some real talent there. There is some star power, which usually is lacking in even the best of, um, well, they're not in indie, but in, uh, in alternatives, they're usually lacking in star power because they've been raided. But they've made this a place where wrestlers do want to go that is big time enough that they can be sure that they're going to get their paycheck uh but different enough rock star enough that uh that it's actually kind of cool as well so um if you're not being booked well on wwe there is a place for you and i think that's going to draw continue to draw people there and it's going to be up to aew to uh to not die on every hill like uh, i don't know ring of honor just saying we're going to sign everybody that they let go at one point they say and i remember them coming out and saying we look forward to signing all of the people that they let go and i said you're not even trying to hide that it's just a light uh, that it, that you're just i don't know you're, you're digging through somebody else's garbage I hate to put it that way because these people do have talent. They have value, but, but whatever. Um, and now I'm monologuing and I didn't mean to, uh, Tom. Yeah. And I, I think that's exactly what AEW is doing. And I guess their fan base is still on board with it, but you you know, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop to the point where it's just like, Oh wow, you're really just signing old WWE guys. And you're not even, doing anything more interesting than them than with them than what impact was doing by giving them a bike to uh, or a podcast and or sometimes both to, to complain about your experience at wwe in Brody lee's case completely basing a character around it um and you know i, I still feel it's it's unfair me fair for me to speak on it too too in depth because i don't watch every week but like you there are definitely reasons why i stopped watching Slight, slightly different reasons because i i still consume the main roster but um uh it's 
I, I, I try not to go down the rabbit hole of just complaining about AEW, but I, every once in a while, every few weeks, it's, it's more than every few weeks, but every once in a while, I, I feel like, okay, my palate is cleansed. I'm ready to dip my toe back in and, and see what I think. And I'll watch an episode and then I just go running, screaming the other direction since it's just obligatorily 15 minute matches that are 50, 50 booked. And okay. I said, I wasn't going to go on the tangent, but, but that, yeah, they got the greatest assemblage of tag teams anywhere, but the tag team matches I watch all seem like they have no consequence. Yeah. Um, And, and so it's, it's, for some reason that is still working for people, even though I don't feel like they're actually telling stories of advancement. Um, it's just every, everybody's great and everybody has a high work rate and everybody gets a chance to go out there and show how amazing they are, except for Scorpio sky for some reason, except for, you know, uh, um, I, I went into this telling myself I wasn't just going to rag on AEW the whole time, but, um, I I sort of feel like Tim answered himself with that final paragraph there about NXT, just quoting from him, NXT has been struggling with an identity crisis that can only be resolved by either choosing to completely sell out and turn the show into Wednesday Night Raw or figuring out a way to get back to capturing that indie show energy and staying true to that. I would say that AEW is the one with the indie show energy because AEW feels like an indie show that has been given millions of dollars. Um, and it's, it's working with that same mentality that you see on the indie level, which I have been on record multiple times in my torch reports saying that I think is very fun in, in, in the indie context. I, I was an orange Cassidy fan, but when you're presenting him as a serious competitor on a primetime wrestling show, it doesn't translate the same way. Um, so NXT, I compare more to studio shows of the, the late 70s, early 80s, and I, I have liked that. Um, this is a mentality, the Wednesday Night Raw is is a mentality that I would have pushed back on fairly recently. And, and like I touched on on Sunday night, Great American Bash started to wear me down to the point where I started to think, okay, they're, they're – they're calling audibles to pop ratings. They're starting to book climaxes to feuds at an unsustainable rate. Let's see how this goes, though. And on Sunday night, I think, you know, I was I was already upset about extenuating circumstances surrounding the event. But I think Sunday night was finally when I was just like, OK, they put a takeover here for no reason, especially because they could have continued building these stories toward Halloween Havoc which yes, is not a takeover, but is a branded TV event. And there's, there's value in that. I'm totally fine with it. I'm in favor of Halloween havoc, but these could have still been the same feuds and been more interesting stories as a result of it. Maybe, maybe some other natural climaxes along the way to give you some different TV main events, mid show main events, but it does feel like we're finally moving at an unsustainable rate. And tonight was the night that it finally stood out to me. I think I've even gone as far as to say that now that you and I, Kelly are doing NXT eight years back, that they're, you know, we watch one episode of that show and one episode of, you know, one episode of NXT from eight years back and one episode of modern NXT on on basically the same day every single week. And so we get that direct side by side comparison. And for a while, I think I was even going as far on the podcast to say that it still felt like the same show with the same DNA. Yes, it's gone through a lot of changes, but it still feels like NXT. Tonight was the first night that I've watched it since we started the eight years back thing. And I was just thinking, wow, this feels like a completely different show that is just still called NXT. Um, so 
Yes, I, I agree with I agree with Tim Scott. And if if anything that I said beyond just whining about not liking AEW was of value, then, then I, I hope you're glad you sent the email to us. <laughs> uh, let's go to Kevin Catani for our last email. We do have two others, but they are evergreen. And um, and as I said, I got uh, I got work ahead of me tonight. This is Kevin Catani. Salutations, gents. I hope this email finds you well. I thought tonight was a good mix of takeover continuation and new developments. I loved the Gargano bit where he dogged Indy Hartwell in one breath and then praised her once he saw that she was the gift giver. Classic comedy. With the news of Finn's broken jaw, what do you think will happen with the title? Do they let him hold it while they further other storylines? With Ridge's injury, how do you suppose that storyline plays out? I loved Wade Barrett's observation that it sounded like Ridge may have been paid off based on his interview, but will any development come from that? Eh, Probably not now. Lastly, there was Dream again. Is it safe to assume that he's back full-time with no repercussions? That would keep him off TV otherwise, yeah? Thanks, as always. Office hours are now over. The Professor, Kevin P. Catani, Ph.D. I guess we kind of did cover all this stuff. Um, Yeah, I liked – it was really obvious stuff with uh, Gargano dogging uh, Indy and then saying, I always like that girl. It's it's obvious, but I think – Again, once again, commitment by Gargano makes it work. Um, I don't know what will be. Eh, I no idea on medical, and uh, there's a lot of things about medical that WWE is barred from talking about. So, um, so I don't know what we're gonna know. I don't know if they know how long Finn's going to be out and that's going to dictate things. And I don't know if they even know uh, if they'll have to strip him of the title. I really hope not because it seems like this is on the heels of that match with Kyle O'Reilly. It would be a real bummer if that's how this ends up Um, dream. Yeah. Like you, I thought maybe he wouldn't even show up on this and that he was written out, but this, and then this could have been the way to write him out, but obviously, based on that poll, they want to get something out of uh, Dream versus Champa. So even it seems like they're appeasing people by not having Dream on for a lot of minutes, but he's still getting time on every show, even if it's brief. Uh, Tom, anything on uh, Katani's email? Uh, yeah, Gargano dogged Indy, who, um, who takes her working name from her, uh, childhood family pet, Indy the dog. Uh, so I'm just gonna pretend that the good doctor did that one on purpose. And, yeah, man, it just, it's bizarre how it just seems like they keep on writing Dream off TV for him to just run in and do the same crap all over again. Um, I, I think, it's it, I don't mean bold in a complimentary way, but it, it's real bold of them to keep on putting dream out there in front of now a, a, a live crowd of, of actual fans. Um, I mean, I, again, like like we've said multiple times now, I feel like that's why they turned him heel. So when he gets booed, it seems like that was the desired thing. But it, it just seems like they're just trying to wear us down until we don't talk about it anymore. But I mean, what better way to do that? then to just tell us what you found in the investigation so we can just go oh oh okay so they did do their due diligence and the guy's clean fantastic but they just let's let the suspicion linger it's um it's not doing anybody any favors oh indy like indiana jones named after the dog um okay what what a nice weird bit of uh congruence there with indy and indiana the dog 
They named you after the dog. Um, yeah, that's the end of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for you uh, uninitiated. <laughs> I have seen it about 40 times. Oh, John Reese davies what a joy he is. Um, anyway, that is, you know... We could easily do the movie tangent, but we're we're not gonna we're not going to. Uh, that's what NXT eight years back is for. That's for movie tangents. Oh, I gave a lot of that a lot of time to the favorite directors question. Ooh, we'll, I'm I'm gonna have to do the same, so I'm prepared when we do cover it. Yeah, we're we're gonna get there. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, I okay. We're not doing it. That was. NXT. That was PWT Talks NXT. I'm going to force myself to stop here before I go down the rabbit hole um, because talking about movies is fun stuff, especially when the other person you're talking to knows movies. Okay, so I'm Kelly Wells. You can find me all over social media at Spooky Milk. Um, and, oh, man, there was some fun in this episode, but it's got me real scared for the direction of the show. Um, it, it'll It'll be interesting. I'm going to I'm going to try real hard to chalk it up to, hey, got to start a lot of new things and have a busy show on your first week out of a pay-per-view. So that is what I'm going to choose, my friends, to believe. Tom, who are you? At Tom Stout, and believe it or not, I'm walking on air. No, I'm actually very upset with WWE right now, but uh, but I, I agree. This was, this was an okay show, despite extenuating circumstances, but... Despite it being okay, I, it has me ultimately worried for the direction. So, so in spirit of Nathaniel San Lindbergh, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Nate, way to make your presence felt on the show. All right, uh, Nate will be back with us next week, and uh, and we will see you in seven. Cheers, everyone. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PWTorch DailyCast lineup. Just search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com.